everyone. Hey, it's Dr. Tamar Beckford with Your Caring Dogs. That's right. That's where we help you with health and wellness info. We break it down so that you understand what's going on and you can feel empowered, take an active role in your health, right? We have a special segment in our Your Caring Dogs where we have a Dogs Who Care segment on our podcast. We have dogs from all over the world. We're going to help us with health and wellness information. But the best part is, is that they're going to leave their info here so you can get in contact with them. Or if you would like to be a patient of them, you will know where to go, right? Today, woo, I have the honor and the privilege of introducing a great and a fantastic pediatrician from the Cali area. Her name is Dr. Elhan All right. So I'm going to give you just a tidbit on Dr. Raker, and then she's going to drop all of the gems, right? So Dr. Raker went to medical school at University of California in Irvine College of Medicine, right? Then she did a residency at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. Now, Dr. Raker did not just stop there. Not only is she a pediatrician that's been practicing for over 17 years, but boom, she's the founder and CEO of As Dr. Mom. So As Dr. Mom is a telemedicine platform for pediatricians or for the pediatric population, I should say. So moms, when you're there, you're like, oh, what am I going to do? I need to ask Dr. Mom, right? That's who she is. And she also gives advice and counsels for parents on an as-needed basis. All of this can be available on her website. Welcome, 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 Dr. Raker. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, we are excited to have you because um, those of us who are parents, OMG, right? We love our kids. We love everything about parenting. However, it sometimes gets overwhelming. And I think that that's where you come in, not only as a pediatrician, but also the fact that you can help the parents with advice and counseling. Yes. So tell us that, all about that is my it. goal. That is all. Well, you know, I think of uh, oftentimes we make a business or we solve a problem that we encountered. So one would think as a pediatrician that studied all things kids, right? For mm-hmm. many years, for three years, that's all I did. That I would come out, it'd be very experienced and can handle anything. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out that way. Um, having my first child after, you know, going to residency and being a pediatrician just made me realize how you really need that support right as it's happening. And there's only so much that you can prepare for by reading a book or going to a seminar or, you know, now we have all these online uh, courses, which is great, but, um, or social media, you know, giving you advice. And, and I think there's a lot of positives to be gleaned from that. But one, you don't have time as a new parent to read all those books. That's why I'm here because I now have older kids and I've, I've done all those reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't always have that, you know, wherewithal to like, say, okay, this is the problem. Now I need to find the solution. And and search for it. And then also finding reliable information I I found was also very overwhelming, Um, even for me. Absolutely. And I I knew how to decipher that, right? But Mm -hmm. you go to these like Facebook groups and people are giving advice and how do you know to 
trust what they're saying or or if you talk to a mom friend and you know and I think mom friends are great they're invaluable but again they don't have that um knowledge base right they have their experience with their one or two kids so all of that you need to take with a grain of salt but I really wanted to provide a place where you know I've had the experience I've had the training I've now added the parent coaching to be kind of more Mm all-encompassing so then you're not scrambling like where do I go or who do I talk to or can I trust this um and that's what I hope to be for parents And that's where Ask Dr. Mom was born to help parents to gather for parents who are being overwhelmed in the moment, in the time, unsure of how they're going to be able to manage not just the portion, the medical portion, but also the life portion of being a mom with their kid. Is this normal? Is this abnormal? Now, I know that you have this, you're a pediatrician, so you can take care as soon as they come out and they say, well, all the way up until they are teenagers and they're off to college and they're like, bye, mom and dad. I love you. But bye. However, because of our time constraint, we're going to focus on the toddler stage, that stage where we're like, oh, yes, little Johnny or little Sue is going off to preschool and they're acting up. But is this normal or am I doing something wrong or, you know, what am I missing? So tell us how you are able to help the families through that particular stage. We can Drop all the gems. (laughs) Yeah. So exactly like you said, you know, I I can help kind of from zero to 18 anytime. And that's really how I wanted to set my practice up so that I could be available for questions. Um, You know, a lot of time with with the infant stage, you you don't get all your questions answered. Mm -hmm. So in those office visits. So that was something I really wanted to be available for. But the parenting part, you know, that coaching part, I think really comes into effect when we're talking about toddlers, you know, the terrible twos, the, the, the three major, you know, the threes, <laughs> right, the three majors, the, you know, yes. the fours, we won't say the word, but mm-hmm. anyway, the, it's all kind of that really hard period. And I think parents are like, whoa, what is happening here? My child go? Who is this? Well, I, totally. And you, and you hear about it, right? But you don't totally get it. And I think for a lot of us, we remember being a teenager. So maybe that's a little bit, not that that, that stage is easy necessarily, but we kind of remember that phase. But none of us really remember being three or four. So it's not something you can relate to as a parent, like you could maybe as to being a teenager. So maybe that's why it's a little bit hard. And physiologically, hormonally, kids are kind of doing the same thing as they are in teenagers. You do get that little surge of hormones. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of the same things happening in their minds, Mm -hmm. but we're just, you know, but they're little. (laughs) So we're like, (laughs) what, what's going on? So I think, um, I think that stage is kind of like a really important initial step in that whole parenting process. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think honestly, the things I talk about in that stage really can be used throughout parenting, even in teenagers, even in adult, I think in adult kid relationships. I don't think it changes because it's so 
fundamental. You know, of course, how you talk to a three-year-old may be different than how you talk to a 17-year-old, but the idea behind it is um, it's almost always the same. You know, I can't really think of many situations that it's going to be truly different. So I think the number one thing is connecting. Okay. Connecting with your child is um, so important. And, and when I talk about it, you know, I go as far as to say, choose connection over consequence. So if your child does something and you just like feel the need to discipline them or feel the need to impart some kind of consequence on them, mm-hmm. but that consequence is going to separate you from them physically and emotionally Mm. um think about it you know is that really the message that you want to send them is -hmm. that consequence really going to teach them the lesson that they need to learn versus you physically and emotionally connecting with them Mm. and which one's going to have more of a long-term result ah so with this physical and emotional connection can you give us an example yeah so I think for this yeah yeah definitely so I think for this particular age group one perfect example is when our kids are having a tantrum or Mm -hmm. they're just not listening to something that we're asking to do and you've asked them a zillion times or they broke a rule (laughs) (laughs) so um you know you they they threw something for example something that you're not okay with and you and they know that you're not okay with it they hit their sibling right it it could be anything it just it's a rule in your house that they broke Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times a lot of um things that even me myself was taught in residency even in my early stages as a pediatrician we were taught time out Yes, And I think that comes from, actually, I think it comes from like research and rats, to be honest. I don't even know where we came up with that, but this was very widely thought taught to moms and it was very widely accepted. And it was, you know, every minute is goes along with their age, starting at two. So if it's, if it's a two-year-old that misbehaved, they should have two minutes of time out mm-hmm. and it should be somewhere that they don't like to be in. And it should be some corner of the house that's horrible and they shouldn't have any toys and it shouldn't be any fun and you shouldn't even look at them you know and what are we really teaching them at that point we're saying hey you just had some emotional breakdown right I mean for them to break a rule means that they were going through something so if they're tantruming Mm -hmm. you know think about us like if we tantrum if we're having a hard day something's happening inside of us, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, hey, I see that you're having big feelings. I see that you're having a hard time. Like if they hit their sibling, their sibling made them angry about something, Mm -hmm. right? So instead of dealing with your emotions, let's send you off into the corner. Mm. So we've ignored the cause. We're ignoring the root, exactly. Mm -hmm. And we're ignoring... Or, or when essence telling them your emotions are too big for me to handle, your mm-hmm. emotions are not okay, your emotions aren't allowed. So when you're ready to stop having those emotions, then you can come back and be with me, us or whatever. Wow. Which mm-hmm. is clearly not the message we want to send. No. Yeah, no. absolutely. And listen, 
I did it too. <laughs> so yeah. if there's any moms listening, yeah. I'm not telling you, you have damaged your kids forever. And oh my God, you're the worst mom ever. This is what we were taught. This is what we were told. And it's still a little bit common practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because that just was kind of the thing to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's not that, you know, I'm trying to say you're a horrible parent for doing that. I'm just saying we have to look at things differently. And my favorite quote um, related to life, but related to parenting from Maya Angelou is when you know better, you do better. And I'm paraphrasing, but I oh, think, you know, absolutely. yeah. So I, that's, that's how I think of parenting. Like, we don't always know the right thing to do with our kids and we're going to make mistakes a hundred percent. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes, but the most important thing is to go back and rectify, right? Mm-hmm. So if your kids are little, um, you can do different things than timeout. If your kids are older, like mine, I mean, I went through that whole timeout stage and I'd recently kind of adopted this. You, you rectify the situation when you can now. I, 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 deal with them very differently. Um, we have more conversations and, you know, when I, I had a lot of anger and yelling and I'm really trying to be better about that. So mm-hmm. when you know better, you do better. And that's, that's the best, you know, parenting advice, I think. And you see the, the, what I want the um, audience to even recognize is that this is something it's a learn um, or enlightenment, right? And you're learning that what we were taught, because these, you're doing what you were taught. And I'm pretty sure that our audience is doing what they were taught, right? I was taught that this is how you handle this particular situation. But now we're letting you know that if we really think about it, we really weren't handling anything, right? Right. We ignored the root cause. We were, um, invalidating the emotion because we never addressed the emotion that caused the tantrum in the first place. So with a child who is two, who they're probably frustrated because one of the issues might be they probably don't know how to communicate. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. So with that, what are some great techniques that you've seen and that you've used and that you've coached um, parents on that has been really 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 helpful and they're like oh my god Dr. Raker this worked (laughs) yeah so for sure there's definitely techniques to use nothing's going to be 100 percent, and everything's going to take practice so just go in with that mindset and um, be patient with yourself and your little one but um, I think number one is connecting like we talked about and really empathizing. So a two-year-old, like you said, may not be able to express what's wrong, Mm -hmm. but we can always try and guess, right? And we can um, empathize with what may be going on. Mm -hmm. Oh, your your baby brother took your toy. That must have been really frustrating. Ah. You know, oh, you really wanted to watch more of that show, but it's time to go. I know that must have been hard for you when I turned the TV off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit of guessing. And sometimes they'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll agree. Sometimes they won't say anything. 
but you're never going to be hurting the relationship by trying to really get at the root cause of what's going on. And the truth is, as parents, we often know, you know, whether it's that they had, um, you know, oftentimes you'll, you'll know that they, especially at that age, they didn't have a nap. They're just not able to cope, right? Mm -hmm. So then you just want to say, you know, I think, I think you're just really tired and maybe we can just lay on the couch and snuggle together. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of it, it's just knowing your child and -hmm. knowing what they'll respond to, right. Is it physical touch? Is it having just some time together? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a little bit like, like the love language and, and um, I think at that age, just, just being with, mom dad a loved one knowing that you're safe that you know you're seen you're understood that's gonna oh my god can you imagine that like I, now I know right I mean can you imagine like as an adult I'm like oh, that's what we so want nice. as adults <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, like if you're having a bad day yeah right you're having a bad day and someone just says come here let me let me just hug you you know and you're like oh yeah thanks Wow. So I think it's a lot of that, right? Like just not assuming that their behavior. So the behavior is, is comes from unmet needs, right? And it's our job to figure out what is the underlying thing that's going on that's mm-hmm. causing this behavior. Wow. You and it, it just takes some intuition. So you said something so powerful, um, that I wanted to really just remind and to really bring light to the audience. So you said when we're having a bad day, we really want someone to just come and to kind of comfort you. Now, if we really translate that into our two-year-olds, when they're having a bad day and they do something to express that and we put them in timeout, I'm thinking about, can you imagine you're having a bad day and then you get told to go to the corner versus, hey, let's figure out what's going on. You're having a bad day. It'll all be okay. Wow, that's very powerful. <laughs> and you thinking of it in that light, it really yeah. you to think of, wow, let me try to express myself differently to my child and also to pull mm-hmm. from them what emotions they are able to relay at that age that's power mm-hmm. and absolutely that's, right when you look I, at it that way you're like oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> I see yes, yeah absolutely and you know just what you said about the the naming it mm-hmm. I think like you said a two-year-old doesn't have those names yet but when we that's that's also our job so we are naming it you're angry you're frustrated mm-hmm. you're you know whatever it may be so we're giving them the vocabulary we don't expect them to have it mm-hmm. right even maybe a five-year-old we, we may not expect it and sometimes the other thing we need to think about is is a two-year-old really capable of doing what we're asking them that's- right and that's not just based on development. That's not just like going to your pediatrician and saying, what can a two-year-old do or not do? That's just knowing your child. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when parents say, my child won't do X, Y, Z, my child won't listen to me. You know, you have to really reflect and think, is it my child won't listen to me or can't listen to me? You know, mm-hmm. is, is it that what I'm asking of them is just not something they're emotionally, physically, developmentally capable of yet? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Powerful. So this all starts within. And, you know, before we start to express without, we have to think within. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, which is really powerful and really hard. To get to look into yourself, it's like, (laughs) it's kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's little Johnny. Exactly. And I've had to do that, right? When you do like a parenting course, you first parent yourself and you're like, ooh, wow, that's (laughs) a little uncomfortable. So it is, it's it's a lot of that inner work. It's a lot of kind of therapy. It's a lot of, you know, what did I receive as a child? What did I not get that I needed as a child? And really working on yourself, um, realizing that a lot of our anger is just about trigger points and and what is that telling us? Like not externally, right? Whatever we're mad about externally is not really what's going on. What's in us that's causing us to react that way? Because we don't all react the same, right? Not all things make us angry equivalently, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody has different anger reactions. So focusing inwardly on what's causing that anger as opposed to you know so-and-so spilled water again mm-hmm. or there's dog food all over the floor you know someone also look at that and be like ah oh, it's just dog food I'll clean it up right absolutely. so what is it that's making us so angry yeah. um and all of that takes a lot of work it's not easy I don't think it's something we think about going into parenting mm-hmm. we just kind of figure you know they're just little people and you you really attend to their physical needs mm-hmm. and I don't think we think about their emotional needs not that we don't want to give them the best of everything absolutely we love them like absolutely. so much it, you just you don't think about it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and I think that if you even really bring to light the day-to-day activities right like think about that person who had a stressful day at work and they're coming Mm -hmm. home and then now you have to your child is also having a stressful day so you both are having a stressful day but you are able to handle it emotionally you think about yourself emotionally but as we're saying when your child is having a stressful day we also have to think about tapping into the child's emotion Mm -hmm. which is the you know, which means that you have to sit and worry about your trigger points, right? Is it a dog yeah. that's a trigger point? Probably not. Right, <laughs> right. It's really, I mean, life will go on, right? Right, right. More than likely a dog will probably eat up the food anyway. I'm so happy that they got exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, overall, it really brings to light, you know, what other issues can go on. So now when we think about parenting and coaching, um, how can these parents in um, the situation, how can they get in contact with you? Is it that they will come online? Is it during that time? Or do you try to coach them prior to um, getting to that stage? (laughs) Or is it in the middle of the tantrum? Yeah, no, ideally you want to do everything kind of beforehand and you want to have a plan, even with your own kids, you know, it's very hard to be rational (laughs) during a tantrum for anyone, the parent, the child, even anyone watching. 
So I think it's really important to have a plan beforehand Mm -hmm. and to really have those tools in place. And even I'd say, talk to your child about it, or at least kind of present those plans, maybe practice them. I mean, I remember practicing breathing with my daughter Mm -hmm. before we needed to breathe. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's different things that you can use to kind of help alleviate the situation. And you want to have those in place because your mind's not going to be able to think about all that in the middle of it. So you really want to have those in place. And that's where the practice comes in. Because the first time it happens, you may not remember anything, or you may remember one thing. But (laughs) the more you practice it, and the more you practice it when things are calm, Mm -hmm. the better you'll be when it happens. And I think if it's something that your child wants to do, um, that's going to make it so much easier for them, because you don't ever want to make it like it's a punishment. You know, so I do think there is some benefit to having a corner for a child to settle, but it should be something really fun and um, somewhere they want to go. You know, it could be they have books there. They can have music there. They can have their stuffed animals there. It could be a corner in their closet. It doesn't have to be fancy. But when you say to them, you know, you really are, you're having a hard time right now. Would you like to go in your and name it whatever fun name you want to have for it and just take some time and be in there. And you're not posing it as, as a punishment, but you're maybe getting that time, you know, cause I think timeout, a lot of parents will say, well, but I need to calm down. I need to not lose my, you know, what on my kid at that moment. Cause I'm so triggered. So um, that could be one option if your child does well on their own like if they also need a moment to just compose themselves Mm -hmm. then make it you know like a fun thing like a Mm -hmm. something they're going to enjoy and that's great they don't the connection doesn't have to be you know they don't have to be attached to you and I think it's also very important for children to know hey I lose it too I get triggered too you know Mm -hmm. And if your child really, if you really can't be with your child and they're tantruming and you just, you know, they're in the room or whatever it is, you can say, I'm going to stand just right outside of your room for just a minute because I need to calm down. So I'm going to use my tools to calm down and I'm going to be right there with you. Your your, your feelings don't scare me. Uh, You know, your, your emotions aren't too big for me. I'm here for you. I just need a moment to calm myself down. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, isn't that an amazing thing to teach our kids? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they realize that this is something that you go through also. And your whole life, right? Absolutely. And these are tools that you'll be using your whole life, right? Because mm-hmm. we will have emotions that can sometimes get the best of us. If we learn these tools from you're two years old. Can you imagine at 42? I mean, that's 40 years of skills. Right? I mean, yeah. I'm 47. And I feel like I'm just like scratching the surface at all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, like if I had started at like five, I'd be, man, a whole another level now, right? Absolutely. We'll be on Zen level. <laughs> right, right. No, this is we'd, this be, we'd be floating in the air. Floating so and <laughs> come right back down. Yeah. Wow. So these are all such great, great, great skills. And I love that you have this um, amazing platform, not just for your 
patients and your parents to just take care of the medical aspect, but the life aspect, right? Because life happens. We all Absolutely. get overwhelmed. We all get crazy. We all get triggered. The dog food falls on the floor or is tossed on the floor. You know, the siblings are arguing. My, my kids were arguing in the car. What are they arguing about? A ruler. Hey, yeah, it's always something stupid, right? You know, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it happens. And um, to know that there's someone there that's out there that can help you to develop the tools to help you manage through the stressful time and to prepare your kids for life because these are life skills that they're teaching, right? So this yeah. is great, great, great. So now that we've figured out and you've talked us all about this Zen mode that you're able to produce in your parents' coaching business, let us know what you do for relaxation. <laughs> you know, most recently, along with this Zen mode that we're talking about, I've really adopted a practice of meditation. Wow, so living true to what I'm trying to teach, right? Mm -hmm. um, mindfulness mm -hmm. and really trying to focus in on if I'm having a bad day, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> get, get underneath it. Um, so that's been something I've been trying to do regularly in, in the past couple of years. Um, and exercising. Exercising has been kind of my go-to. Actually, since I got married, my husband was a marathon runner oh. and I hated running, but he kind of got me into it, but not just running per se, but, but just exercising. You know, when we first got married, we would um, after meet up after work and always go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So he really got that into me. And now I realize it's such an important part of my mental health, mm. you know, not just physical, but just being active and sweating it out and it doesn't matter what it is you know I try to do yoga once a week I try to do weight training I try to go for a walk I try to just something and I if I miss more than I can miss like two days but if I miss more than two I feel it mm. and um yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're big proponents of physical activity, and we really um, encourage our kids. They're pretty active since a young age. Um, you know, we we were kind of like, we don't care what you do, but you're going to do something mm -hmm. almost every day outside of just PE at school and things like that. Because mm -hmm. we really just wanted to be a part of them, something that they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we can, we go for walks or hikes or things of that nature. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I'd say those two are kind of my, like, routinely things that I like to do regularly. And then of course a girl's night, a drink here, there, hey, a manicure, a pedicure, a spa. I'll take any of that anytime also. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are moms and we're normal. We do medicine, yeah. we're normal people too. <laughs> yeah, we like all of that. So let's let all of our audience members and let them know how can they get in contact with you? What are your social media handles and yeah. how they follow along on your journey or even be part of your clientele? Yeah, please. So you can find me on my website, Ask Dr. Mom, and there's a dash between doctor and mom.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Ask Dr. Mom underscore. 
and on Facebook also as um, Ask Dr. Mom. And um, I also have a YouTube channel under my um, name, Elham Raker. So you can find me there. And, you know, the best way to reach out to me, actually any of those ways is great. But if you have a question about something, you can always reach out and just let me know. I'm always happy to do like a little consult. But I also really love educating. So if it's something, you know, if you have a question about something, I'd love to do like a video about it and just share it with everyone. So feel free to always message me um, those kinds of things. And then I'm happy to kind of share knowledge with the world about it. I think just like what you're doing, Dr. Beckford, just imparting our knowledge is, um, you know, I think is part of why we went into medicine, right? It's, Absolutely. It's part of who we are. Absolutely. It's part of who we are. That's yeah. our love. That's our passion. Really yeah. helping our patients overall and imparting this knowledge because sometimes it's very simple for us and it's a simple solution, but we didn't realize it would have been or it's such a burden for you, our general audience. So if you ask us, you say, oh, yeah, this is how we do it. Right. And like yeah. um, Dr. Raker says, if you guys have any questions, you can contact her on those social media handles that ask Dr. Mom and she'd be willing to make a video for you. On what's yeah. going on. I mean, how cool is that? Right. So with that, I am so, 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 so happy and grateful that Dr. Raker took the time out to be on our Your Karen Docs Docs Who Care platform. Now I'm going to let you know that you can find us on a couple different social media handles, right? So that's your Karen Docs, U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. You're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, we're on LinkedIn. And we are going to have a brand new website, which is going to feature all of our docs from all over the world with everything that they can provide for you and their information so you can get in contact with them. And all of this great info that they've provided will be there. So you have info in written, in audio and, and in video form, right? There's no way that you can't get in contact with Dr. Raker with all three ways to do so. So I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs. I am so happy for to have Dr. Raker here. We're going to say goodbye. Bye.